This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org, community radio in the Elm City. So I am here in the time travel machine with my regular co-pilot, Jason Bischoff-Wurzel of the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. Hi, Alan. So on this November 10th, after the tumultuous events of the recent election, Jason, you've decided to take us back to... um, the inconspicuous year of 1828, and not to look at elections or murders or things of great pitch and moment, but um, uh, what people were selling yes, and uh, entre- how they were living and what kind of jobs they were thinking about moving into. The entrepreneurial spirit of New Haven was alive and well in 1828. And here, this document is what newspaper is this? This is the Connecticut Herald. And there's a, uh, the Connecticut Herald of 1820. It has a little picture of a house. And next to the house, it says, to let. Yes. Part of a house. So Anthony P. Sanford was particularly uh, entrepreneurial in these days when he was looking to let part of a house handsomely situated in York Street, suitable for a small family. And he has some other stuff that he got a hold of. Yeah, yeah. While he was at it, when taking out this ad, he figured, hey, he let you know that for sale, he had a pew in the center aisle of the middle brick church. Which I believe must be center church, right? Um, it sh- should be. The middle brick yes. church. So that must mean that there are three churches made of brick and this is the middle one? Could be, yes. So what interested me is, who's uh, is is this some pew that was broken that the church is getting rid of or is is he the agent who is renting a pew on behalf of the church you would either own your pews you would pass your pew down i mean pews are like stadium seating well this this is something that i didn't know now you this is absolutely right uh i i looked this up and 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 uh renting pews raising money was a very common practice yeah yeah. And apparently it was especially common in the United States where churches lacked any government support. Uh, the, so there was no mandatory tithing. And um, so uh, social status in the church um, was expressed through, well, as you said, stadium seating. If you're sitting in the, you know, if you're sitting behind home plate, so to speak, yeah. or along the first yeah. or third baseline. You have the box seats, <laughs> you know, you're, you're somebody. And if you're, if you're back or up in the rafters, well, you got the cheap seats. So, yeah, this is uh, exactly kind of a, a social um, kind of move. You, you, too, could buy uh, a place here in this church, a pew, and move your way up the social ladder. Or maybe you were trying to, you were hitting some hard times financially and you had to scale back your operations and you go back to well, this pew. But this must have kept a lot of people out of church. The actual purchase of, and then, I mean, this is the type of thing, too, that you would just pass on. I mean, it's the, it's, you know, kind of the family aisle. So were there bleachers? I mean, could you go into services without paying and just sit in a non-pew in a, on a stool or a, a, a bench without backing? I mean, there must have been uh, opportunities for people to... Well, there would have been the upstairs as huh. well. I mean, similar to today, I mean, we do have these structures here still. Right. So if you look upstairs, um, because also think about it too, um, summer, winter, fall, spring, uh, these buildings either would have been pretty cold or pretty hot. 
So you're going to want seating that's... Uh, and also, there wouldn't be any uh, s sound system. You know, you, the actual service would were, was audible uh, or best heard probably closer to uh, the altar. So those are prime seats for... They'll be cooler or they'll be warmer and you're going to hear everything better and see everything better. And as you go further out, you're... Uh, yeah, you're in the nosebleed seats, so but, to speak. But there was controversy about this because uh, I, I've, I've, I've seen here that there was um, a, um, an estimate in 1815. Some guy wrote a pamphlet entitled The Church in Danger, and he estimated it. Well, this was in London, but I guess uh, it, it speaks to this situation. He said over 950,000 people who uh, could not worship in a, in, um, uh, a parish in, um, in the parishes of London um uh be, because of the issue of uh, pew uh rental fees yeah and in 1853 close to the time of this material that you've brought in um there was an article uh written in the edinburgh review that said equality within the house of god and um uh it really it really questioned the whole thing yeah yeah exactly i mean it's it's Again, you know, we we say here, what goes around, comes around, kind of um, the wheel keeps turning, and that's it's similar. It's there's social status, um, there's uh, especially in this the placement of what you can do, what you can't do, who's who's. I mean, in this, in essence, they were saying like, you know, you can't afford to go hear god speak you can't go to god's house oh, yeah. god it's, it's, is it's your god if you have enough money it's a very good argument and, right. um yeah so it's again these are these are things that you can break down to to today and and you know being excluded from certain neighborhoods or or even events you know um i mean even if you know with our our analogy here of bleacher seating or what have you uh, you could take like the current status of, uh, say, for instance, the World Series just wrapped up recently, and you take baseball stadiums and how much it costs to actually go to a game now, how much it costs to actually go see any sort of uh, any sort of entertainment essentially these days, and you know something that where you could have just left work before and you're like, okay, yeah, I want to go check this out. Now that would that's going to cost you upwards of several hundreds, even thousands of dollars, depending on where you sit, eat, etc. Average average ticket for the recent World Series, uh, close to two thousand dollars. Thirty seats behind one of the dugouts, each sold for ten thousand dollars. There you have it. Uh, and then, and for many people, a baseball game is the civil religion. It's like a pew. Right. Anyway. Right. If uh, this guy, Anthony Sanford, didn't sell the pew, he also had a stove he was trying yeah, to get rid of. Yeah, he was trying of. to get rid of the stove, which he <laughs> calculated was good for baking, but it didn't have any boilers. So you can check him out at Anthony P. Sanford. Meanwhile, at the New Haven Stone Yard, the subscriber respectfully informs the inhabitants of New Haven and vicinity that he has established a yard at the corner of Church and Elm Streets, six rods north of the Tontine, where he intends carrying on the stone business. Now, you commented on the location of, of this being church and elm. That was unusual. Now, a rod is 16 feet. Yes. 16 and a half feet. So this means that the stone yard is uh, six rods. Uh, it's like 100 feet. Yes. So away it, from the Tontine. And the Tontine, which I 
only know about in New York City. Um, you say it was a hotel or a coffee house of some kind? Yeah, it was a kind of overall, uh, basically tavern-type uh, place. All yes. right. So it was it was a a local um, well known lo- local establishment. So obviously enough to, so to be used here in this ad as a landmark. Church and Elm. Yes. So the corner would be either the courthouse today, the Union Trust building, or uh, I believe is now First Niagara. Right. It's still based there on the corner. Uh, so it, I mean that's that's prime real estate here in New Haven, and uh, especially for this. The stone yard, uh, where um, they were going to be building stone of the first, finest, first and finest quality, uh, the best workmanship to be executed, to cut, uh, to order, and with dispatch. And they were not far from the green where people were being buried. By this point, though, oh, in, no, 18, in 1828, right. they were not. But these monuments and headstones uh, that were coming from Stockbridge and Lanesboro Marble would be in the most modern style, mind you, Hmm. uh, would be uh, used in um, Grove Street Cemetery, which wasn't too far away from there. So they were, uh, Grove Street was was in business already in 1828. Yes. And legally you could not bury people on uh, on the green. Yes. By this point, um, basically, by about 1812, people had really stopped burying that was they'd finally kind of gotten people though but when we did our halloween show we we did come across some material that suggested that pe- there were mid- midnight burials the illegal burials yes. still being done yes for people who couldn't pay what it was to get into grove but george sweetwin probably wasn't advocating for that because obviously right. he wanted you to buy a headstone to keep his stone his new stone yard uh, his new very modern stone yard in business and also he wanted at the same time an apprentice to the business, an active lad, 15 or 16 years of age, of good moral character. And one uh, could give a good encouragement to George Sweetland uh, being, I believe, what would be a recommendation of said person. Right. And he would train them as his apprentice. And the apprentice business was uh, early Votech. Yes. Uh, right, the 15 years old. This is how you learned, and this is how uh, you know we you you got into the business yourself. It was advantageous to get yourself a good uh, position as a apprentice at this age. Well, Jason, thank you for uh, being our guide to the uh, to the stone yard and pew rental business in New Haven in eight in the uh, inconspicuous year of eighteen twenty eight. Thank you very much, and join us for. Uh, tomorrow's episode which i believe jason will be um what they used to call armistice day yes november we'll, 11th we'll be heading towards uh 19 uh 18 1918 and, and years following right uh, veterans day so join us for the veterans day episode uh on 103.5 fm thanks again